Let's go to the Word of God, the book of Matthew chapter 9, the book of Matthew chapter 9 on this morning. Once again, the book of St. Matthew chapter 9. Or now would be a good time to go to your phone and use your app. If you if you've downloaded the church app, this sermon that I'm teaching and preaching is actually on your phone. You can have it for three reasons. Follow it now. It helps you learn and it helps you engage. But then you, you'll probably want to go back over the notes this week. And then you can always share it with somebody. And then they, in turn, can understand perhaps something that will give them hope and encouragement. This morning, uh, I believe, from what I understand, Russia bombed a military base site at the border of Poland. At the border of Poland. And though it's still considered Ukraine, they're now pushing this thing 15 miles outside of the capital of Kiev. But now they're getting closer, and they actually buy, I think, at latest count, 35 military personnel were killed today at the border, at the border of Poland. Okay? Um, we had to pivot this past Thursday night. I ran the lows at 8.54, five minutes before they closed, and bought a portable generator. Went to the gas station, five gallons of gasoline. Every chance we get, we get an extra thing of toilet paper, extra thing of bottled water, what have you, what have you, what have you. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means, by any means. But we as, we have a tendency to stay asleep. And we have a tendency to be the proverbial ostrich whose head is in the sand. And while others are preparing and playing it safe and keeping it real on the cautionary, we just kind of hustling and bustling and trying to make it ends meet. And I just want to really encourage you to slow your roll down enough to do two things that Jesus said to do. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. You're waiting for me to go to my sermon. I'm already in the sermon. Watch and pray. I know your head is in the pillows and your head is in the prayer closet, but you're going to have to probably get some credible, fact-proven news. Somewhere between the balance of CNN and Fox and the AP Press, find some credible fact-checking news. Kind of know in the natural what to do. But the Bible says that the Lord will not do nothing except he first reveal his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And isn't it amazing how the devil has run such a number on the prophetic ministry in the church to now we believe nothing prophetic in the church anymore. We've been so razzle-dazzle. We've been so hoodwinked. We've been so disappointed. Anytime we hear the word prophetic, we just throw caution to the wind. But what if God is speaking prophetically right now through his leaders and servants? What if we are at the very first early winds of the end times? Wouldn't it be something if a little leaven leavens the whole lump couldn't it be a reality or wouldn't it be something if, if, if we are seeing these things come together? And so as I talk about social media, 
as I talk about virtual evangelism, as I talk about preparedness, right? Here's what I'm telling these pastors right now. And there are those in the room that will attest. I'm not just saying that because it sounds good. I am burning the candle on both ends in this season. Be encouraged, pastors. And I know the sanctuaries seem empty. And I know the budget is 40% less than it was two years ago. And I know that people are spread out everywhere on social media. Because we're not naive to think that everybody's watching our broadcast on Facebook Live. Not when they've got a thousand broadcasts they can watch at one time. And we got to compete with the Jakes. And we got to compete with the Creflo Dollars. And we got to compete with all of these wonderful multi-million dollar broadcasts. And God bless them for having that. No problem. Bible says, though you have 10,000 instructors, you have not many fathers. Right? So though you have 10,000 Facebook lives, YouTube lives, and Instagram lives, you cannot eat from everybody's table. You will be in malnutrition. You will be at best confused. Right? And so the goal is to stay focused on the word of God that he feeds through the shepherd or whatever church that you're submitted under. And so for those that are online, if the city church is not your home, you should be under your pastor, male or female, okay, big or small, because that's where God anointed and ordained you to be fed, okay? Okay, if you don't have a church home, if you don't have a shepherd, Welcome to the city church. <laughs> you know, as, as our bishop said, we ain't stealing no sheep. We just growing grass. That's all we do. We just grow grass. Right? And so with these things said, Matthew chapter 9, verse uh, uh, 35. And then Jesus, the Bible says, went about all of the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues. What was he doing in the synagogues? What was he doing? Mm-hmm. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was, he, he was moved with compassion for them. Well, because they were weary and they were scattered and they were like sheep who had no shepherd. And then he said to the disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest, and he would send the laborers into the harvest. Let's not stop there. I know, I know it stops in your Bible, because that's chapter 9, and then it's chapter 10, and our minds have taught us to stop at the end of the chapter, uh, but just say with me, let's not stop there. So let's look at chapter 10, verse 1. And, Mr. Conjunction Function, what's your function? And... When he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power. Power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds 
of diseases. I, I want to talk this morning, and I want to minister to you just for a few moments from the subject that's titled, Being Holy Ghost Field. All right? I want to talk being Holy Spirit Field from leader to lay person in today's church. From leader to lay person in today's church. I won't be long, I promise you. I will not be long today. From leader, all right, to lay person in today's church. You, you, you already know what a leader is. You, you hear that all the time. But maybe you don't know what lay person is. I can talk to leaders all day long, okay? But I, I want to share this opportunity to, 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 to corral or rope you into the conversation as some lay people. And there are lay people here in church, and there are some lay people who are online. A lay person or laity, the laity, these will be those in the church who may not have, quote, unquote, a title or, or a position or they've not been ordained or, or designated, but they're still valuable. They still have a place and a space, and they're still a contributor to the church. Unfortunately, most churches have been designed to overlook them. We don't, they don't have a title. They don't have a position. They don't sit in certain areas, and so they're called laity or lay persons. Well, you know, the Bible talks about priesthood, not for some believers, but for all believers. And there's a decentralizing, right, a leveling of the playing field. So Jesus says, I will give you all some power, not some, but all. So the power of God wasn't just restricted to people who had titles and positions. Are you still with me? The, 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 the purpose and the, 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 the plan and the attention, the strategy that the Lord had wasn't just for people who had, who had big positions. It was, a, it was a sharing of the wealth for any and everybody who wanted to participate. I've got a couple of goals this morning. Next Saturday, excuse me, next, well, yeah, next Saturday and Sunday are very, very high-stake days for the church. And I want to talk just for a moment about next Sunday morning. We're calling next Sunday um, All In Sunday. We've got an extra film crew, just a couple of, you know, a little one-man, two-man, three-man team. We want to come in next Sunday and capture some B-roll footage for future advertising and marketing purposes. Here's our challenge. We have a large sanctuary, of course. And even if we added a thousand folks to this room, it would still be many, 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 many empty chairs, right? So we got to creatively stage some of the things we want to do for the future of the church. And so I am encouraging every one of you all, every one of you all, to not only be here, but be on time. Not only be here and be on time, my biggest encouragement and my biggest prayer is that you would invite as many people to church next Sunday as you can. Okay? We're calling it All In Sunday. We really want to have one of those dynamic, open, yielded to the Holy Spirit services. Again, we're not here to... We're not here to, to, to curate or to uh, manipulate. Certainly, it is not our goal to try to fabricate anything. What we, we want to do is create an opportunity where the Lord can have free course to move as he wants. But for the next seven days, say that with me, seven days. Please say that with me, seven days. My prayer and my goal is that you would take these next seven days and help. I mean, everybody. And don't start Friday. Please don't start Saturday. Let's start today. 
We're going to pass, so you're going to pass out. And, and see, here's my challenge. If you've been part of this church for any length of time, we had these Sundays over the years, and they were highly successful. Highly successful. Highly successful. But we were always able to do it because everyone went home, you remember, with three, four, five digital, I mean, cards. And you had seven days to pass out those cards. We didn't even put them online, and we didn't even show people, hey, I, I gave my card to so-and-so, and I gave my card, and it was a beautiful campaign. We can't do that in this season. But here's what we can do. If we can email you, text you, if you can grab it off of social media, take that digital collateral and that invite card and that QR code reader and send it to five, send it to 10, send it to 20 people and invite them to church. Let's see what God will do. And I believe that if we can do that for this coming weekend, it will help set a tone as we start moving toward Resurrection Sunday, which will be a month from then, April 17th. We're going somewhere with this. Because here's the problem, or excuse me, here's the goal. What we see happening in Ukraine and in Russia, my brothers and sisters, except the church pray. Except the Lord mercifully stop the campaign and movement there. We've not seen what these next two weeks are going to hold. We've not imagined. And I know that we cannot fathom in our minds. We read about World War I. We read about World War II. We read about this nuclear situation or that. But it hadn't registered with us that we could very well be living in this next season of what our grand and great-grandchildren will read about. So let's go back to this whole harvest is plenteous and the laborers are few. There are more empty pulpits right now. What do you mean? There are more pastors resigning, more vacancies because they've given up. The harvest is plentiful, but the pastors, the laborers are dwindling. What are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. There are more people exposed to the gospel because of the internet than ever before. Has it not dawned upon you? Thank you, sir. Has it not, thank you. Has it not dawned upon you? Has it not dawned upon you? When you used to read scripture, I mean, come on, you're smart. Has it not dawned upon you? How can, when the Bible says Jesus is going to rapture and everybody's going to see him, how is somebody in Australia going to see him and somebody in Europe see him at the same time? I mean, when I was growing up and read scriptures like that, I'd be kind of wondering, behold, in an instant, every eye, you know, uh, like a lightning and, 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 and a twinkling of an eye. I'm, you know, with the whole worldwide exposure, at that instant of an eye. If, if Russia is prophetically and, and apocalyptically considered, okay, the, 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 the bear in the book of Revelations, if China is considered the dragon in the book of Revelation, you put those two together as a tag team, and you got some scriptures now to deal with. All right? And if, stay with me, 
I don't want to go too deep because I don't want to lose anybody because I want to bring it home. I want to bring it home. If these things are mounting, and right now we in the West have given them nothing to fear. We've given them nothing to slow down. So if this trend keeps trending, I'm telling pastors right now, be encouraged. Because these empty churches, they're about to be full again. These budgets that are low and 40% under, they're about to be maxed out again. Uh, bad times in the world are always good times for the church. Let me say that again. Bad times in the world are always good times for the church. Uh, people are more open to Christ in transitions of life and tension. When people start reading about these, these, these cataclysmic events, all of a sudden they want to run to Revelations. They want to run to the, to the Bible because it was embedded and ingrained in them, biblical understanding. And even though they've not played it or understood it or even had time for it, now all of a sudden they start putting things in their lives in order just in case. And I know right now this don't, don't, don't mean a hill of beans to most of folk here in the West, but you let our power grid go down. You think you was inconvenienced uh, at the beginning of COVID-19 when there were no airplanes, no ball games, there was nothing going on for a few months. You think you might have been inconvenienced. You let something like that happen. Gas is what? $5 a gallon? Something like that? For some change, whatever it is. Have y'all bought any milk lately? Bought eggs lately? I mean, little by little by little by little, everything going up but your paycheck. And it's happening in such a subtle, under the radar, just a little drip, a little drip there and a little drip there, all while the church is fast asleep. Uh... Thomas and K. Matthew, he, he wrote the book, Spirit-Led Ministry in the 20th Century. Here's what he said. He said, he said, four major, four major tasks of ministry, namely is this, preaching, teaching, healing, and leading. They must be characteristics of the spirit-filled, empowered leader. And, 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 and in this ministry, they must all be biblically sound, theologically balanced, and professionally competent. But it all has to do with spiritually empowered. You know, there is no substitute for spiritual empowerment. My wife and I, we were in Houston this past couple of days, had a great time. Again, it was supposed to be a date, supposed to get away from it all for a couple of days. But the truth was, our phone kept ringing, assignments kept coming. And I said, baby, I just got to keep, I just, I, I, I got I to gotta make it happen, do this and that. And we had a, I serve on a, a national board, and, and the board is actually based in Houston. And they, when they found out I was in town, they said, Pastor, can you just come by for a quick meeting? So I called one of the board members and said, you know that one hour meeting always turns into a three or four hour meeting. And my wife here staring at me like, you know, and so I said, I said, sir, respectfully. He said, okay, okay, good. It'll be a one hour meeting. And so we met at a restaurant for lunch. And the, the, the CEO of the organization showed up 
and she's of another persuasion, very feisty, very hard tack, New Jersey background. I mean, just hard as nails and moving shaker and a, has an international presence. Moving shaker, I mean, tremendous influence. And guess what happened? That one hour meeting turned into a three hour lunch. But guess what happened, Mother Helen? At the end of that lunch, that woman asked the question, what must I do to be saved? We sat there that day, the four of us, and that woman gave her life. Am I right? She gave her life to Jesus Christ because the organization she leads could, no, could, not, could no longer go to the next dimension and not understand the spiritual warfare of what she does. And I don't want to go any further, but just know this. Where you're at right now, my brothers and sisters, you will hit a virtual glass ceiling without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Some of you right now, you are frustrated because you are trying to get to the next level in the flesh. You're trying to lean on your academics. You're trying to lean on your physical strength. You're trying to lean on your networking abilities. You're trying to lean on all of the business savviness and all of the intellect. And you're trying to lean on your own understanding. But the Bible says lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. Part of acknowledging him is to say, Lord, without you, I am nothing. But God, with you, I can do all things, right? But there comes a time when you got to pierce, penetrate, and press to the presence of the Holy Spirit. I know this doesn't make for good sense in the media or in the secular or amongst your friends, but we are called to walk to a different beat of a different drum. We are God's people. We are a royal priesthood. We are chosen. We are not to depend on this fleshly, human, humanitarian, humanistic system. We are called to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. And we keep bumping our heads. We keep getting frustrated. We keep trying and trying and trying until we fully surrender and realize until we take the Holy Ghost keys out of our back pocket and turn that Holy Ghost door, we are not going into the dimensions God wants us to go into. And so with that being said, for the church leader, your grace and anointing is to preach, teach, Heal and to lead. For the lay persons, let me tell you this right now. Some men have thousands of reasons why they cannot do what they want to do. When all you really need is one to do what it is that God has called you to do. Quit making excuses of why God can't use you. Quit sitting back in the cut waiting for somebody else to do what God called you to do. I know you've been in churches where you've been restricted and you got to stop by every security stop point to do anything in the church, but you're now in a culture and you are now in a climate where you have been released and empowered to do the work of God. And we've had so many people fold their arms, cross their legs, See no, see, see no uh, uh, need, hear no need, and serve no need. But yet want to complain and always be having an opinion and always be the Monday morning quarterback. It's too late. My encouragement, particularly in these next few weeks, is that whatever 
your hand finds to do. Get to doing it. Trust the Lord and see how God will bless you. The, the late Dr. Miles Monroe said this, God can do more through one man who is 100% dedicated to him than through 100 men who only have 90%. My goal to every one of you, be that man who's at 100%. Yes. Be that man or that woman who's at 100%. And if there's ever been a time, if there's ever been a time for you to know the fullness of the Holy Spirit and his assignment for your life, now is the time. Tuesday nights, we're on a teaching right now, Tuesday nights. And right now it's all online. We don't even ask you to come out to the church. We said, you know what? We're just going to believe God to, to bless you on Tuesday nights online. But you know what? You make time for everything else but the things that are sometimes most essential in this season. Once again, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm, I'm trying to connect with you. I don't want to preach or teach or uh, even communicate. I'm trying to connect you. I'm trying to connect the dots here today. Do not let the bottom fall out in your life for you to all of a sudden want to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is more than speaking in tongues. He's more than getting your shout and your joy and your feel good on on Sundays. You need the Holy Ghost to help counsel you when you're not hearing from anybody else. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. When you're not quite sure, when you're at a fork in the road, and you're not sure, should I be going to the right or should I be going to the left? I got a thousand opinions to do this. And I got a thousand opinions to do that. And I'm still stuck in the middle of this road. Holy Ghost, Isaiah 30, what are you saying in my ear? See, the Holy Spirit will give you a faith to move forward when fear is confronting you. I got to give you a thought real quick. I read this the other day, and I, had, I, I, got, I got to give this. I got to preach this one to you because it makes all the sense in the world. Understand this. The Holy Spirit will give you a faith. He gives you a faith even in the midst of obstacles. He, he gives you a faith, a faith, a faith, a faith to launch out into the deep. And some of us right now, not only do we need a, 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 a counsel, we also need comforting. Some of us have not fully grieved successfully. We still have hangups for folk who died 5, 10, 15 years ago. And we can't quality and successfully go forward because we're still not comforted, comforted. So the Bible clearly says that he is our comforter. He is our counselor. He is our guide. How will you take advantage of all of these things when you have no presence of the Holy Spirit? So the layperson, it is not enough for you to come to church and feel some tongues or to feel some type of, you know, physical feeling the Holy Spirit comes every single day and when you get up in the morning it ought to be good morning Holy Spirit I am so glad you're here today thank you for being here because you are my helper you're gonna help me worship today you're gonna help me live right today you're gonna help me make some good decisions today you know when I am tempted to do something ain't right you're gonna tell me and remind me uh -uh, uh -uh. you know what in fact even when I don't hear your voice you'll put what the old folk call a holy ghost unction on the inside and I may not be to articulate it I may not have the vocabulary but there's just something on the inside of my soul that don't feel right about this thing so you know what I'm gonna back up from it and go, go a different direction why because the Holy Spirit will never lie to you the Holy Spirit will never misinform you but he'll lead you and guide you into all truth 
We've been saying on Tuesday night, he is the advantage. In fact, let me read it to you this way. The Holy Spirit, it is to your advantage that you take advantage of your greatest advantage. And that is the Holy Spirit. I encourage you every Tuesday night, join me online. We started in the Old Testament. This Tuesday, we're going to take it to the New Testament. And I want to get a little deeper because when you understand the Holy Spirit, two objectives you'll understand. Number one, the Holy Spirit, you will come to know him as a person. Right? You have to know that he is part of the Trinity, the triune Godhead. All right? He's more than a feeling. He's more than a perspective. He's more than an influence, but he is a person. He can be grieved. He feels. He has emotions. He has a personality. He is a person, but he's also all God, right? And, and he, we call him the advantage. In fact, Jesus said he's an advantage. He said it is to your advantage that I go away, that the Holy Spirit would come upon you. Why? Because he will be in you. So no matter where you go, he'll be right there. In your lowest of days, he'll be right there. At the height of your success, he'll be right there. When you feel, my God, nobody's with you, don't worry about it. He'll always be there with you. <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit is your advantage. And so I want you to know his person. What does that mean? Know the person, his purpose, and the power of his presence. I want you to know who. Would you say that with me, who? Come on, everybody say who. I want you to know the who behind the Holy Spirit. But then I want you to know the what behind him as well. That is know the power, know the practice, and know the performance of what he can do in your life. We often talk about him being a comforter, and we talk about him being a counselor. But we don't like to talk about him being a convictor. Because he does come to convict you of sin. He comes to tell you, that ain't your wife. Uh, that ain't your husband. Uh, you ought not be looking at this. You ought not be drinking that. You ought not be smoking this. You ought not be saying that at your mouth. You go, go back and get it right with your, your, uh, your, your, your sister. Go back and get it right with uh, uh, your brother. Go back and, and, and get this right. You know, you hadn't prayed in the last couple of days. Something right, something wrong. Uh, you hadn't, he comes to convict you. And without that convictor, how do we think we go into heaven? How do we think we can live righteous and holy? Nobody's talking to me right now, but without the convictor, I couldn't live without the Holy Spirit. Oh, I know what it's like to be in the church without the Holy Ghost. I can be amongst the saints without the Holy Spirit, but how can I live holy without the Holy Spirit had it not been for the grace of God? Holy Spirit. Let me close real quick in Matthew chapter 9. Let me give you a couple of things real quick. The Bible says Jesus went to the cities and villages teaching, preaching, healing. But when he saw the multitudes, I'm seeing multitudes right now, by the way. I'm seeing multitudes in the church. I see multitudes next Sunday. I see multitudes online. I see multitudes in the campaigns. There are multitudes all over the country. Why? Because where we're headed as this next move, even this next cataclysmic and next unfortunate season for the world will be an opportunistic time for the church. So I'm not worried about what will happen to the church. It will probably end up being the church's finest moment. When he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. Why? Because there were so many people who had no direction. They were sick because they were eating from everybody's table and they thought they were actually doing right, but they were malnutrition and they were confused. And he said, you know, guys, 
The harvest is so ready. But all of the preachers are resigning and going back to secular America. The harvest is so ready. But all of the musicians are turning in their notices. The harvest is so ready. But we can't find two ushers or two greeters to serve to save our lives. The harvest is ready. But where are our Sunday school teachers? People are hungry for the word and for the Lord. People are ready to get connected and covered and in commitment to a church. But where are my friendly, God-fearing, kind, and hospitality saints? And I know this COVID-19 has been tough. And I know it's made us a little harder and we're a little bit more callous. And we're a little bit more, you know, we just, we done, we done been through some, some stuff. And we, it ain't been easy on nobody. But we got to get back to loving folk again. We got to soften up and get back to being hospitable again. Y'all not talking to me. Now, if you don't say amen, I'm going to park the car right here. And I'm going to stay here until somebody say amen. I think we have gotten a little bit more nastier a little bit more eeler, all right, a little bit more cantankerous. I know we've been through a tough time. All of the stadiums was closed. Couldn't nobody go on no vacation. You couldn't go to the restaurant and chill. All of the social stuff that made us feel warm and fuzzy was shut down. You had to go through funerals and deaths. You lost half your 401K. Things have just been topsy-turvy and all over the place. And now we're a little hardened than we were before this happened. Now that we get in the mask and now we're getting back to some sense of normalcy in the world. We're a little bit not quite how we used to be. A little bit more short-tempered. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, and, and, and first of all, first of all, we're getting older. And you know, when the older you get, the little bit more grumpy that you get. Uh, you don't, you don't want to say amen, but I'll say amen because that's me. I'm, I'm not as young, youthful, and juvial as I used to be. And I realize, you know, I'm working with some of y'all in the church, and I realize y'all are a little bit more grumpier than you was when I met y'all 20 years ago. But then you got to realize you're not no spring chicken as you was 20 years ago. That you just, now you're an old man, and you, you're just an old uh, uh, grumpy man, all right? Uh, you're not the young uh, uh, sister you was when you, we, we first met you in the church. You're an old lady, and now you're a little bit more grumpier and a little bit more angrier for no reason. Now, I understand you go through emotions and heat flashes and all that stuff, but it is what it is. So now we need the Holy Ghost more now than we've ever needed him before, right? Especially if we're going to grow the church because the harvest is, y'all not saying amen. Huh? So we got some embedded challenges we're going to have to deal with. Say nothing for the external challenges we got in the world. It's just the reality of who we are. So now we need the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible says that when he saw the multitude, he would move with compassion. He said the harvest is plenty, but the labor is a few. Therefore, pray. Pray. If we don't pray, if we don't pray, most of us will not start praying until our lights are off. Most of us will probably not start praying until there's a breaking news world alert and it affects immediately and substantially 
your bottom dollar. We're not praying about gas right now. That's not a big deal. Another dollar, we, we can, we're fine. We're, we're good. Eggs go up 30 cents. We, we are, we, we'll be fine. We're going to make it okay. Uh, car, used cars go up 38%. You know, somehow we'll make it. We're going to be fine. You let another spike happen substantially. Folk won't, go, folk won't start praying. You let major corporations start doing mass layoff. Because you do, the corporations do know how to protect their bottom line. And you know how they protect their bottom line? By firing all of us. That's how they protect their bottom line. They are built to survive storms like this. Then we start going to church. Then we want to start bargaining with God with our tithe. Then we want to start serving and volunteering. You know why? Because you ain't got nothing better to do now. You ain't got no more boat. Ain't no more golf outings. <laughs> you ain't got nothing else on Sundays to do, so you might well come on to church and volunteer and look spiritual and deep and holy. Well, the reality is God has taken everything away from you, so you need right back focus again. Okay? All I'm saying is this. Pray now. Watch now. Believe God now. Friends, I got to get out of here. I got to close. I got one more thing I want to say to you. I'm going to get out of your way. You know, I want to go back to this, and I'm trying to tie in my Tuesday night Bible study so you understand when we get on, the, on the Zoom or Facebook Live on Tuesday night, we're just not giving you a little razzle-dazzle, a little something cute, tickle your fancy, and, and call it a night. I need you to be, I, I really need you, you know, Paul said it best. He said, listen, when it comes to spiritual understanding, I need you to be giants. I need you to be mature. I don't want you to be babes. I don't want you to be infants and lacking. I really want you to be robust and growing and your walk with God, especially when it comes to the knowledge base of the Holy Spirit. See, understand this. Jesus in John chapter 20, the Bible says that he, when he came to the church or his disciples, he breathed in them, all right? He breathed in them. The word breathe, like in, was I, excuse me, E-I-S, ish. He breathed, ish. He, he breathed and indwelling in them. That day they were breathed or they were filled on the inside with his Holy Spirit. But that's not the same thing that happened in Acts chapter 1 or Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 1, chapter 2, it was the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that came not in them, but on them. What are you saying? It is a reality and a possibility you were breathed in the Holy Ghost when you got saved. When you got saved and you came to this altar or you got saved at home, the Holy Spirit came inside of you. The old devil you, the old demonic you, the old hate for you went out and the Spirit of Christ came on the inside of you. All of a sudden, you just feel like the Lord. You feel like being kind and sweet. Now you want to read your Bible. Now you want to do godly things. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is now on the inside of you. But doesn't that necessarily mean you had power on you? So the Bible says in Acts 18, have you received the Holy Ghost since you were saved? Acts 19, we don't even know anything about the Holy Spirit. Well, what do you know then? All we know is John's baptism. What? You don't even realize that Jesus came on the scene too? No. So the Bible says Paul caught those men up to the fullest extent of knowledge and then laid hands on them. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke with other tongues. If there's ever been a time for you, let's stand to our feet. If there's ever been a time for you, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now is the time. Please hear me real close. I didn't finish half my message, but please hear me when I say this much. And if you didn't, if you heard nothing I've said all day, hear these last two minutes. I was going a whole different direction this morning with another message. I just sensed it, felt the Holy Spirit. Say, with all that's happening in the world, with all that I want to do in the church, with all that I plan for this house, now is the time.
Please hear me. My goal these next 30 seconds is that you understand why the Holy Spirit and why you. You're not a pastor. You're not a preacher. You're not an elder. You're not a musician. You may say to yourself, I'm a lay person. I don't need that like, like y'all need it. Yes, you do. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to speak to you in your home about what to do with your money, about what to do with your business. Hear me. You're going to need the Holy Ghost to help you as you minister to your son, your daughter, your young couple who's married, and they're coming to you for advice and wisdom before they split up. You can't send them to everybody's counselor. You can't send them to everybody else's church. You, dad and mom, you got to sit down with the young couple and say, baby, here's what the Holy Spirit is saying. That little girl killed herself uh, uh, a few weeks ago. Attorney, good looking, media, TV, money, had everything she could want. I wish she would have had the Holy Ghost. Oh, she may have been a church member. And she may have gotten baptized when she was six. And she may have had good intentions, but I wish the Holy Spirit would have said, baby, uh-uh, uh-uh. Ain't no Negro worth all this. Ain't no depression. Ain't no battle. I don't, I don't know what it was. It don't matter. It don't care to me what it was. Whatever it was, I have come that you may have life. Now, I'm not judging nobody. Don't get me wrong. All I'm saying is he is a present, a right now help. You ain't got time to call the preacher. I ain't got time to call my prayer partners. I ain't got time to run down to the church. But what I do have time is say, Holy Spirit, help me right now. I'm about to go post office on somebody. I'm about to put out this gun and go off right right now. Holy Ghost, if you don't kick in, it's going to be some problems here today. And we all have those moments. And so the Holy Spirit comes in times like these. When it seems like the walls are caving in, it seems like you got your back up against the wall and you hyperventilating, you don't know what to do. I need, I don't care. I got baptized with the Holy Ghost when I was 19 years old. You understand me? So it ain't about being old. It ain't about being Pentecostal, charismatic, or your denominational background. You know what it's about? Being hungry. That's what it's about. Bible makes it very clear. Those who hunger, and those who thirst shall be filled. And this promise is unto you, your children, your grandchildren. So the Holy Ghost wasn't just for first century, second century, a third century. God made a promise. Whoever want them, you can have what you want. You need them in your academics or school. You're going to need them as you write. You're going to need them as you plan out your business plan. You're going to need them to stay holy and to stay righteous righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom. I mean, that's where we're headed. And so all of the things that we see around our world, all of the internal challenges and fears that we bout with daily, and all that I know that God wants to do in this church, if there's ever been a time, ever been a time there's ever been a time he came to his own and his own received him not 
but as many as received him, to them, to them, he gave power, to gave power to become the sons of God, those who believed in his name. And after that, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you know the first thing you're going to do? You will be a witness. You won't be ashamed to tell people about Jesus. You will not be ashamed to tell people that I serve the Lord. And he died for your sins. I just want you to take a moment right where you're standing. And for everyone in this sanctuary, if you're hungry enough and if you're thirsty, right where you're standing, he will fill you right now. All you got to do is be saved. All you have to do is be a professing Christian. And you know what? There are models in the book of Acts where people got saved and filled all at the same time. With those hands lifted, if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar. I'm not going to ask you to uh, let me lay my hands on you. The Holy Ghost is going to lay hands on you right now. And I just need you right where you're standing. It's just lift those hands and say, Father, forgive me all of my sins. Lord, forgive me for all of my sins. Every iniquity, all of my unrighteousness, every transgression. I'm so sorry. I believe in your son Jesus, that he lived, that he died, that he rose from the dead. And that is coming back again. I received the gift of salvation. I want to give my life completely to you. I want to be your child. And you will be my father. Now, Lord, fill me right now with the Holy Ghost and with power. That I may be your witness and that I may do your will. I just want you to lift those hands and come on. There comes a time you got to participate in your own rescue. There comes a time where we, we, un we unleash you. And we, we get you off the vine, and you got to go for yourself, all right? I'm going to just take a moment right here where you just got to take a moment and just go for God for yourself, all right? Would you just take a moment and just ask the Lord right now to fill you? Come on, begin to fill me, Lord. Fill me with your precious power. You don't have to beg for anything. The Bible says uh, that, that, that he is your father. And because he's your father, you are his son, his daughter. You can ask him for the gift of the Holy Ghost, and he will give you. He will give you. He will withhold no good thing from them that ask of him. So would you ask him right now for those that are online, for those right here that are online. you saying, boy, I tell you, I wish I could be in that sanctuary. No, no, don't worry about it because the Holy Ghost is bigger than the sanctuary. He will fill you right where you're at. He might not know double whole shot. Even in that bedroom, even in your kitchen, even in your living room, for those that are traveling all over the country, if you just take a moment and be sincere, I believe right now out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will confess and speak. Come ask the Holy Ghost to fill you right where you're at. Come on, right now. This is no time to play. No time to get distracted. I need you to receive the presence, the power of the Holy Ghost. I love it this way because you can't say this is a motion. Did nobody push you down? Did nobody pull you to the ground? Did nobody put their hand on your belly and make you say something? I believe in the authenticity of the Holy Ghost 
power. By faith, be filled. By faith, be healed. By faith, may there be a stirring right now in the inside of the city of your soul. May the Holy Ghost, may the Holy Ghost come right here and right now into your life. May you begin to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. May we lose those tongues. May the gifts of the Spirit take forth and manifest. I call for the gifts of healing, the gifts of tongues, the gifts of interpretation, the gifts of the word of wisdom, of the words of knowledge, the gifts of giving, the gifts of hospitality, the gifts of administration. All of the gifts of the Spirit can manifest the gift of prophecy in the name of Jesus. Right here, we rebuke the spirit of fear. We bind up every spirit of ignorance and confusion. Oh, whom the Son has set free. <laughs>